0: Gather your gear, it's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camp, if you're brave. Take it away,
1: Shay. Live from our encrypted camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend, Tom. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for season three, episode 19 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we've set up camp in Indiana. How are you doing, Tom? I am
2: really, really good. How are you?
1: I'm really good. So we are recording this uh, mid-August, and uh, I did a little math and I actually figured out when this was going to air. You want to take a wild guess as to when this is going to air?
2: Oh, I am so bad at that type of stuff. (laughs) I I mean, Christmas? (laughs) No,
1: Uh, (laughs) much, much sooner and uh, a little over a month from now. It was actually going to air on September 22nd, the Friday, before Eric and I get married.
2: Oh, nice. right it's coming so quick
1: it's so fast it's my i think my my head actually might be spinning i i don't know if you can see it but i I, it feels like it might be spinning
2: Uh, it's gonna be fun though i can't wait cannot wait it's
1: gonna be very very good um yeah no we're doing all the it's i yeah i i know i said it last episode too i don't know how people plan these gigantic extravagant hugely uh, things because like we're doing like a nice casual kind of chill hangout thing and and i i feel again i feel like my head's spinning so i don't know how people do it but
2: yeah it's i I've heard, like, and I've seen people planning it, and it looks like a fucking nightmare, honestly, like, these big weddings. And these people make this, it's supposed to be, like, one of the happiest days of their lives, and they just make themselves crazy for almost a year planning this thing, and it's like, oh, God.
1: Yep, nope, exactly. I don't don't know how they do it, and it's, (laughs) credit to you, because, I mean, yeah. I don't know, I couldn't. Um, but yeah, so that's that. I'm, I'm looking forward to, we're planning some of the, uh, the pictures that we definitely want to make sure we get, like, we definitely want to have, uh, an SYPO, a Scary Pants Off, um, group pitcher, Yumi, Eric, and Blue, and, um, we should probably have, a, like, a Reaper picture, Yumi and Roy, and,
0: yeah.
1: um, like, we're planning, like, um, my my side of the family the the culo side was that's my grandfather's last name which funny enough culo means asshole. uh
2: but that was they, they that they, isn't that a bad name. word and, and <laughs> so.
1: yeah yeah so his name was it was kulowski but when he came to when they came over here um it, <laughs> they, they americanized it to culo which yeah i believe it means asshole, and it's fitting um but i feel like it's a little bit like space falls and my entire family of assholes, and um, <laughs> but I love them, so it's cool. Uh, we're gonna take um, a group picture of them with Eric included in it, and we're all gonna have the uh, the Kulo finger up. And I was very excited, and I feel like if you were to venture a guess, you could figure which one was the Kulo finger, mm-hmm. um, because most of the time when we get together and there are pictures, those fingers are up in most of them, at least for some people. So uh, that's <laughs> gonna be one of the wedding pictures. Of- I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have like a little photo area set up for anybody who wants to do selfies and uh, all sorts of good food and making. I'm making more than 60 cupcakes of different kinds instead of a wedding cake. I love making cupcakes and I'm making six different kinds of cupcakes and I, cause I want everybody to have something that they like. So and where tastes vary so much. But yeah, I'm basically going to be killing myself in the
2: next month but uh
1: it's i still it's it's gonna be fun and i can't wait
2: yeah i'm looking forward to it now um is there like our um, god it's been a minute since i've even been to a wedding um are we is food like are we grilling or any food or is it just reception so
1: or? basically it, it, the wedding and reception are all like one thing um my amazing fantastic love her to death beautiful cousin kim and her husband rick have opened their backyard up to us and i love their backyard because it's so like nat- natural looking and and i'm a dark about trees so you know it, there are trees and i that was kind of like a thing i needed i need i want to get married in a tree, so we're actually gonna get married between two trees this we're gonna have a cookout there's gonna be burgers dogs i'm making um two kinds of wings i'm making a teriyaki brown sugar wing and i'm making uh, my own barbecue sauce and doing another wing in that and then i'm making my bourbon uh, maple bourbon meatballs which are insanely good uh where there's gonna be uh chicken broccoli alfredo there's gonna be salad pasta oh, wow. salad wow sweets galore a chocolate fountain uh, and yeah there's gonna be so many it's gonna be so many things it's gonna be it's gonna be so good and I. Yeah, I'm, I'm my stomach just growled growled a little i've been dieting i mean i'm always perpetually dieting because I'm a big girl but um I have a lot of muscle so I, I i i'm heavier than i look like i am which is one thing um but i've been i've been foregoing some of the things i love because i didn't wanna i didn't want to balloon up <laughs> beforehand and um and oh boy I plan on gaining at least 15 pounds that day <laughs> minimum <laughs> so very excited but uh yeah we're gonna it's from one to five and it's uh we figured we'll give everybody a half hour there so we're gonna do like the ceremony at 1 30 and let like the you know some people are a little late sometimes but that's whatever so we give everybody a half hour to get there get the ceremony in it's gonna be a short ceremony and then it's just hanging out and eating good food
2: nice nice yeah. um shoot what i was i just about to say oh um I think if you ever if you need a, like a second one or something i think i have one of those chocolate fountains so just let me know if you need one or anything like that or have issues with your other one i'm pretty okay. I'm pretty sure my mother gave me one a while ago i was yes yeah, she did because this one time remember she tried i had come it was when i was living across country and she uh her sister brought one over and they did one of chocolate and then one of white chocolate so they had one of each and it was fun Ooh. it was amazing it was i love my favorite is. Well. i love white chocolate love it
1: i might take you up on that to do exactly that that is <laughs> a great idea so yeah i will i would probably happily borrow your chocolate fountain if you're if you're
2: yeah i'll, you uh, know, I'll, you're I'll look for it this that. weekend i'll i'll look through and i i'm pretty sure it's in one of the closets in here so
1: no, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, well, more news on the news front, and uh, obviously this is airing a little over a month from now. Um, but we have huge things on the horizon for Scare Your Pants Off, and they're all just kind of coming, in they're they're. It feels like it's taken a while, but it's really not. When you're in the middle of it, it's, it seems far away. But our website is even closer to being done. You can. Uh, listen to all of the podcast episodes. Through it, they're going to have little bios for Tom and myself, and uh, for Blue, our our voice, and and for Eric, our our social media guru. Who does some things that we do not want to do mm-hmm. because he's fantastic. and um yeah, so that's underway we have uh, new business cards coming out. Um we have a couple we have a couple other things coming that I'm actually not even telling Tom about. it's gonna be a surprise, but I think he's gonna be very happy. and I wanted to dangle that over his head. <laughs> so I so I know something he doesn't know. and um but he'll like it. so it's good.
2: Nice. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, the website's already looking fucking awesome. it just a lot of good change. Just everything's it's just making the show a little bit better. That's it. Or a lot of bit better. So it's, uh yep. yeah, it's gonna be good. Really good guys.
1: <gasps> okay. Have you I figured I know my haunts a little short, um, so we have a little time to talk, but have you watched anything great, fantastic, new, anything like that?
2: I did watch a show on Hulu this past week on it's called The Clearing. It's an Australian show, or, um, but about it, and it's based on a true story, loosely based on a true story. You know, names have been changed and some, you know, they've dramatized certain things just to to make it, you know, a little more interesting. Based on a cult out of Australia, um, that was pretty cool. It, it, It definitely, at points, it got pretty bleak it was like almost to the point where like okay i need something good to happen because it's too bleak it's like just I, I i don't know how much more i can take but it was actually i i would have to say overall i really i i think i really enjoyed it and uh, definitely worth a, a check out if you're into that like i'm into cult and true crime and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh, you know i've, I've doing a little bit of research on the actual lady it's based on the actual cult leader and stuff and it's uh it's a pretty fucking wild story so um i watched that and we last week we talked about the veil um i don't think i've watched too much besides uh, anything new besides that just like normal standard shows why what about you
1: so i i've watched some stuff and um yeah. i i think I've had a lot of stuff on in the background, which just kind of keeps my uh, my ADHD in check and helps me weirdly helps me focus on everything. Um, but I've watched a couple of things like there's, there's a couple of things in Apple. I've watched a show called Bad Sisters and a show called Dear Edward very recently. And they're both fantastic. So if you've seen those on Apple, watch them because you'll, you'll not be disappointed. And um, I, I definitely want to check out the clearing. I don't know what it is about that Australian accent. I'm, I'm gonna watch everything with an Australian accent because like if you can tell me the worst thing you've ever said in your life, and I'm I'm gonna be fascinated because you just said it with that accent. And I feel the same way about like an Irish or, or like an Irish accent. And that is bad sisters. They do some fucked up things and deserve the who they're doing it to. They des- they deserve it um but it is yeah they're all irish and yeah all day all day i could just listen to it and i i'm a huge fan (laughs) so um but last night or the night before i think uh i watched the pope's exorcist which is now available on netflix
2: i have i've heard i i heard of it but i have not seen it so what thoughts on it
1: so A couple things so i was i was super skeptical for numerous reasons one it it hasn't been out of the theater for very long and it's already on netflix which doesn't always bode well for newer movies but i still wanted to try it another thing i was a little concerned with is a lot of times when you watch a movie about exorcisms if you've seen one you've probably seen them all and it's there are a lot of similarities in most movies. There were some similarities in this movie, but uh, Russell Crowe is in it, and he plays the Pope's exorcist. He's the exorcist to the Pope. Um, now, I know, however many years ago he had he had a thing, and he. I don't know if he was just in a bad way. Uh I'm, I. I feel like maybe he's figured himself out and got himself better mentally adjusted to whatever was going on or I don't know what I don't know the story so I'm not even gonna get into it but I I forgot how much I really enjoyed Russell Crowe as an actor and I'm gonna say two things one he toes this line in this movie especially and he's done this in other movies he toes this line between like serious and a little stern and then and then silly and and <sighs> sweet it, it's it's weird he toes this freaking line so perfectly but another thing i noticed when he's not standing next to somebody else in the movie he holds himself like he carries himself like he's a big dude like he's a giant dude he's not he's like a normal sized guy he's not when you see him with other people you're like okay no he's normal sized. but by himself for some reason he just carries himself like he's this giant guy but um yeah no the movie was honestly so good uh it blew my expectations out of the water and honestly i recommend seeing it
2: definitely gonna check it out on um yeah definitely pokes actually said, i wrote it down <laughs> i mean i've I, I think it came up on oh you should watch you know when the new ones come out check this one we think you'll like it or <laughs> whatever yeah uh, so definitely check that out um it just reminded me i started something last night and so far it's Pretty good, but I mean, I I mean, I'm I think I, I'm only on episode two, but it's got Ferris Bueller in it, Matthew Broderick. It's called Painkiller on Netflix, and it's Ooh. about it's it's actually based on the Sackler family who own Purdue, who created OxyContin and that whole thing. Last year, the show Dope Sick came out on uh, with Michael Keaton, and he was great in it on Hulu about it. And I was kind of surprised they're doing another one so close to it, but that happens a lot because, you know, when some a story breaks and you know, a bunch of people get the different, you know, uh, you know, buy up the rights from different people that were involved in it and you know, or the different books about it. Um, but it's a story that's close to me, you know, having struggled with opiates and stuff like that in my day. Um and just how, what a shitty family the Purdues were and just how it, I mean, it tells a little bit of the history about the sort of the, the patriarch of the family, Arnold Sackler. And he, he was, a, he was a, uh, a doctor at the beginning stages of like psych, uh, psychology. So he was doing, um, lobotomies and then he realized, cause he's a greedy, greedy fuck that the problem with the lobotomy is it's a one and done situation. Once you do a lobotomy, that's it. You can't you can't okay. do a second lobotomy. You know what I mean? And that's the the, the, the patient's fucked for life after that. So he realized he was like, I need to do get into pills, and and that way I can have repeat customers for a lifetime. And then he he was the fr- he got first one to get the rights for Valium, which is the, like the first sort of blockbuster drug. And then, um, and then they had the rights to MS content, which was, is, is, uh, a morphine and the content, um, part of like Oxycontin and stuff like that. And then he, after he passed away, his nephew takes over and he's even greedier and he's like, we got to do, you know, MS con morphine has a bad thing and creates oxycontin and, and lies about it says it's not addictive blah 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 and just be essentially created the whole opioid crisis it's got matthew broderick it's got crazy eyes from um the uh orange is the new black there and oh, she, nice. she is fantastic in it at, at least and uh yeah if you're into that type of stuff i am it's it's cool so far um like i said i'm gonna episode in
1: No, that's intriguing. I definitely want to check that out.
2: And that's on Netflix, too. Awesome.
1: Very good. All right. Have you also... uh, Two more things. Uh, Have you ended up checking out The Crowded Room yet with
2: um, Tom Holland? No, I have not uh, not yet, but I did write it down.
1: So going in, I would tell you, like, the first three-ish episodes, I honestly, I struggled to watch it. It wasn't catching me. It was a little too team just not something i wanted to watch um but it i i was seeing good things about it and i i jumped back in and i'd say about season, about episode four i immediately hooked i i was in and i couldn't stop watching it it was i think it was about episode four but it was so good and then um if you haven't watched invasion on apple
2: I've been told um, season... by other people this is a great show too no, not just you so so good
1: so good season two is actually out wednesday so or starts on wednesday so that's really exciting but yeah
2: you you would it's right up your alley you would love it nice check it out and that just reminded me and do you and this this could have an impact on our friendship do you oh do you watch only murders in the building
1: oh yes i love that friggin show
2: okay our friendship is safe okay Um, (laughs) but okay good how so you've been watching the new the the new episode i haven't
1: started the new one yet um because i i don't have hulu at the moment but we're gonna get it back and kind of watch a whole bunch of shows again and then and then Mm -hmm. move on but yeah that is on that is the first one we're watching i can't friggin wait
2: Oh, so good now with paul rudd in the season too oh
1: he and,
2: is oh yeah it's a paul paul rudd and um yeah, so he's he's <gasps> i i don't want to tell you too much is, shut your mouth i love him yeah
1: no don't actually shut your mouth i don't know
2: why i said that <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting i love him that's so awesome and in the, in the fur i think it's I think we're three episodes either three or four episodes in now and yeah it's yeah i'm loving it i love that show so much i i i steve martin martin short are, are oh insane. they're perfect and and then selena she's great too and there,
1: who saw that trio being as fantastic as, they're they're fantastic that is like the best trio it's and and it's such a you would never have put the three of them together but Oh my god, they're great together.
2: And you can see how much they have fun with her. Like they both have like when they're on screen with her, they both sort of have like a twinkle in their eye like they're just having so much fun with this young young actor. So, it, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I love that shot. So good.
1: It's so good. Yeah, I I can't wait. I'm I am I so freaking excited to watch it. <sighs> All right well have you got anything else for me on non uh like okay. episode stuff i do not well then do you want to jump on into your cryptid
2: time for the cryptid yes i do so indiana was a cool state had a lot of cool cryptids and your standard cryptids but i went and this is pretty funny because you did a water cryptid last week and then mm-hmm. in previous weeks we had talked about how kind of how boring water cryptids were and then (laughs) i picked a water cryptid so um but it's a little it's not chessie or nessie or georgie the one like that i went with the indiana mud mermaids also known as just mud mermaids have you heard of that
1: mud mermaids no that's i (laughs) so i'm trying to picture it in my head but I am not going to do it any justice. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, once I read it, I had to do it. So this is a strange one as, um, you don't really associate mermaids with a landlocked state, but Mm -mm. that's what we have here. I mean, it's, you know, usually it's, you associate them with the ocean, the sea, something like that, but Indiana's landlocked, I mean, there are great lakes and there's rivers, but anyway, But in 1894, two different newspapers reported sightings and encounters of this strange creature on the Ohio River near Vivae, Indiana. Um, Vivae, Indiana is about halfway between Louisville and Cincinnati in Switzerland County. According to the reports, the Mud Mermaids had taken up residence on a sandbar in the river. In addition to the oddness of them living on a sandbar in a river, uh, these were not your typical mermaids. Mermaids are typically described as beautiful, sensual, smart, half human, half fish, or amphibious creature. And usually with the top half is human, and then waist down there are fish or some sort of amphibious creature. But according to the report, and, uh, um, In the Cincinnati Inquirer, these mermaids were much different. These mermaids were said to be much more lizard-like in appearance, with the upper body and arms of a human, but with yellowish skin and webbed hands and sharpened, webbed hands with sharpened claws. They were said to be approximately four to five feet tall or long, covered with a light coat of chestnut-colored hair, they also had pointed ears, similar to a dog, sharp teeth, and their lower half was tapered to a point like a lizard's tail. Some accounts said the tail had spikes on it, which they would use when put in danger. But most accounts didn't, but there were a few enough for me to at least acknowledge those accounts. It was said that they admitted a foul odor and could swim faster than any boat or ship. Supposedly, if they are being chased or pursued, they let out a loud, awful screech or yelp. Their diet is said to consist mainly of small river animals like frogs, fish, worms, mussels, and and the like. Traditionally, mermaids are thought to be reclusive creatures that are easily startled and show no real interest in attacking. Show no um, real interest in humans, especially attacking humans. But these mud mermaids were said to get very aggressive if you got too close. According to a story shared by a Confederate captain from Kentucky by the name of J. M. Ozier there were two of the creatures, with one appearing to be female and the other male. As he got close to the sandbar, they became aggressive towards him and his ship. And he would say that he was menaced by the male. What he meant by menaced, I am not exactly sure. Um, There wasn't a ton of detail to his account. Although, if I had to guess, the captain probably not as innocent as he was trying to make himself out. I would have to guess he probably got too close or agitated it in some way because uh, that's what we do. It is unfortunately <laughs> very true. Um, And yeah, so that's pretty much it for the Indiana merma- Mermaids.
1: So, a couple things. First of all, there's- feisty, fuzzy mermaids that live in, in, okay, yeah, I, there's nothing I I don't love about this, this is a great cryptid, and I enjoy thoroughly that uh, you have joined me on my hypocrisy journey now, (laughs) somehow embracing the water cryptids that not long ago were like, oh, these things are boring, clearly they're not, (laughs) so, you know, we've learned. And we're evolving as podcasters, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still contend that like, Jesse and Georgie are kind of boring.
1: I I agree. I agree. When we do do our internet, I said do do. Uh, when we do our international season, I do, however, want if okay. if given the opportunity to touch on Nessie. Oh yeah, because Nessie
2: is different, I think. Nessie is is, yeah. is is, is cuz he's the OG the the original. So Nessie's cool. Yeah. But it's just all the others. So.
1: Exactly. Now, I love it a lot of times when you see a cryptid, you see a cryptid, um it, it's like one cryptid or a grouping of cryptids. I love that just this is just regular not regular there's just this random mer couple and 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 he's protective over it. i love that and yeah there's a pretty high likelihood that, that guy deserved whatever he did to him because we treat cryptids awful we shoot at them we stab them we chase them we we're we're not we're not good to them so um yeah no i i absolutely love it and i don't know why i love and i've seen this in some other versions of like mer folk but i love the pointed ears on on the mermaid and i don't i don't know why but i i love that
2: <laughs> yeah i i had never heard that personally of the pointed ear so i i was like that whole description i was like furry um, and so.
1: yeah
2: yeah that was uh no really different
1: what i i don't know if you do this i don't know if you did this i i did this i absolutely did this um when, <laughs> when you talk about the skin tone being yellow I immediately, and I don't know if it's just because I'm I'm artistic and I draw and I doodle and I love cartoons and stuff like that, but I'm I'm immediately
2: picturing a Simpsons mermaid.
1: A what? A a Simpsons mermaid.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't. My when I thought it when I heard the yellowish, my all of a sudden I started thinking of like somebody with jaundice that drank too much and had no teeth and stuff that's i don't know why that's where my mind went but i like i like yours better than a simpson i think that's much better
1: <laughs> thank you nope that was a great cryptid um very very good choice uh do you have anything else on your mud mermaids
2: i do not no
1: all right i'm gonna jump on into my haunting then
0: time for the haunting
1: and I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Indiana for one like very childish reason. And I admit that it's childish, but that's who I am. Um, when I found out that I had the haunt for Indiana, the first thing I Googled, literally the very first thing I Googled was hauntings in Erie, Indiana, because it's Erie, Indiana. Yeah. And to my disappointment, there was, like, a little bit, but, like, nothing with much of any meat on the bone. Uh, Come on, Erie. Step yeah. it up. Where's your paranormal stuff? Like you gotta...
2: Live uh, up your game. <laughs>
1: exactly. I would love to live in a, in a town called Erie, but that's, uh, that's okay. I have I landed on something fantastic. Have you ever heard of... This is the name. This is the actual name. Have you ever heard of the Slippery Noodle Inn?
2: No! <laughs> no, I
1: have not. So it's in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it's the oldest continually operating bar in Indiana, so kind of cool. Um, it opened its doors in 1850. The Inn has had many faces over the years, though. So during the Civil War, it served as a stop on the Underground Railroad and during prohibition it was referred to as a restaurant although the making of beer in the basement still continued as well as the serving in secret of said beer which speakeasy i, I like that kind of speakeasy type bootleggy thing i love that yep it even operated as a brothel or a bordello which to my very new understanding is the same thing. I had no idea it was the same thing. Did you know a brothel and a bordello were the same thing? Yes. I had no idea because I think bordello and I think bordello of blood. So for some reason, it's a very, and it's I know it's the same premise. For some reason, it's always just been
2: a different thing. It's, I'm glad you said that because every time I hear the word bordello, though, I go to bordello of blood. That's a, every single time. I can yep. still remember when I first watched that movie and just, uh, it's, yeah.
1: Huh. Exactly. See, so uh it did operate as a brothel brothel or bordello until nineteen fifty-three. Over the years it switched owners and names many times. And so it started as the Tremont House, then became the Corcadia uh the Concordia House, sorry. Uh when Louis beck bought it it became the germania house until right around world war one it was changed to beck's saloon because at that time uh, he wanted to avoid german associations which at that time you would because it, it would be not a good idea for you uh it was then uh again became moore's beer tavern uh during prohibition it was moore's restaurant and then back to moore's beer tavern after big smartened up and made liquor legal again um and then on friday december 13th of 1963 it officially became the slippery noodle inn now the main haunting in here there's normal stuff there's light play shadows cold spots uh footsteps and so on all the, all like the normalish stuff however it is believed that two customers of the brothel slash bordello got into an altercation over one of the women. One of the men took a knife and stabbed the other one to death, reported, reportedly. Ooh. And after that, he took the knife and on his way out of the bar, he put the knife on the counter and walked out. So <laughs> it's like balls all day, I guess, because yeah, that's um It is believed that some of the ladies still inhabit, and they dislike anybody going upstairs, but especially men. They did not like men upstairs, understandably, given what they were doing beforehand. Um, now, the employees of the Slippery Noodle End have reported numerous claims, one of which is absolutely chilling. So there was uh, two employees and they were upstairs and one of them kind of hurried the other one across. Uh, sorry, by one of the rooms that had an open door. And then when they turned back around, the door was closed. So they opened the door to be then greeted face to face, very close from what it sounds like. In some cases it's shrieking or yelling, in other cases it's not, but uh, nonetheless, uh, a black eyed woman met them face to face and screamed at them to leave. And that's, that's all I have for the Slippery Noodle Inn, but I absolutely, first of all, the name, I can't, I mean, how was I going to not pick that, but I really like the history of the inn.
2: So, great choice. Um, I, I love it, Slippery Noodle Inn, and I wrote it, and I don't know if I just heard you say this wrong, but I wrote uh, what you just said a second ago. I wrote it by accident as the slippery nipple in. Did you just <laughs> pull the slippery nipple in on the way out? I. I don't, I used so, a noodle because I, I, I looked down, I was writing and lo, um, looking up, but I, I legitimately, in my notes right here, I have slippery nipple in for some reason. And then as I'm about to read it, I, I thought I heard you call it, but it could have been me reading it and just hearing you say noodle, but making it nipple because I was reading it.
1: So you know what? I don't know that I said that. I feel like I didn't, but if I did, I'm going to leave it in for everybody and that will be my dick-shaped object
2: <laughs> yeah dick-shaped. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I, don't know why I wrote it's funny because you were talking about oh my you know your brain slippery knew it all my brain wrote slippery nipple for some reason so. <laughs> Don't know that's why. amazing. <laughs> um I I love speakeasies still. You were talking about speakeasy. I just love it. Actually, there's this place in te- in my town. I guess some younger guys just opened it up and they call it it's like Rachel's speakeasy or something, or Alice's speakeasy or something like that. And uh hmm. oh, it's like a cool little place. You know, they do like live live acoustic music and stuff. And uh, I I just it's i mean it's just a bar it's not real obviously not a real speakeasy but it's just love that atmosphere i always have just something about having to go and a guy opening a little slot on the door or where you can only see his eyes and he asks for the password and it's just everything and it's just so cool um all right so talk about gangster the guy just calmly putting the knife on the freaking bar and calmly wa- or counter and calmly walking out like the balls like, some gangster shit right there um makes sense why they don't um they they don't like you know men upstairs that's that makes a hundred percent with all that stuff going on and um so then you talk about the one where they open the door and they're face to face with the shrieking black one i almost get the even though I know it's different description, I, 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 in my head, I'm almost picturing like a, a shrieking banshee as yep. as, as uh, they do it. But talk about a fucking jump scare! Just opening a door and have something scream in your face like that. That's like I could see that as a jump scare in any horror movie, right? Oh movie. yeah. And uh, and it it'd probably even get me honestly. Uh, great choice, love it, loved it. It was. Um, Totally makes sense why the slippery nipple would be <laughs> haunted. Yep. That's what
1: it is now. That's that's all I'm ever gonna think about now. It's it's weird. I'm all, all I'm ever gonna think about is slippery nipples. That's fine. But um, yeah, that's well, that was a slippery nipple one. Um. <laughs> uh okay yeah no it it plays to me in my head when i think about it like one of those jump scares one of those jump scares and i know you gotta know what i'm talking about but you you see it coming you know it's coming you're not surprised that it comes but when it comes it's still so good i agree but if uh do you have anything else on these (laughs) the slippery noodle in or the slippery nipple in
2: yeah i i do not
1: all right well do you want to jump on into your strange encounter
2: time for the strange encounter i do i do sorry um yeah so i'm actually excited for this one it's pretty long uh probably the longest one i've ever done uh but it ties this one ties back to episode number one of our show It ties back to Massachusetts when we first started this show and the strange encounter that I discussed there in Massachusetts. So I had to choose it. Plus, it's got so much detail to it. So I'm going to jump in because it is pretty long. And this is a wild one here. A little after 10.30 p.m. on March 30th, 2009, Matt... Matthew Reed was driving through the suburbs of West Indianapolis to his home in Brownsburg, Indiana, when a very strange thing occurred. According to Reed, earlier in the evening, he picked up a friend and headed to the nearby Avon Cinema to see a movie. He believes it's the Watchman, but has spent some time, so he's can't be a hundred percent, but he 95% sure it's the Watchmen. they went to see the Watchman. After the movie, Matt dropped his friend off back at his home a little after 10.30 p.m. and headed towards his own home. Uh, They both want it known, and they've said this numerous times, they both want it known that neither of them drinks alcohol in any way. So neither of them do. As he drove through the darkness, and uh, this is Matt, as Matt drove through the darkness, an orange ball of light appeared over the road ahead and then shot off to the south and then dipped behind a house. Then the next thing that Matt remembers was that he was climbing back into his park vehicle with a bloody nose, muddy shoes, and a strange sensation that there was some time that was unaccounted for like he had lost some time when he looked down at his watch the hands were frozen near ten thirty, but the lcd numerals in the little window on the watch's face showed it was actually after midnight an hour and then 32 minutes later that hmm. obviously yeah right obviously terrified pulled back onto the road floored it flying past uh flying past stop signs and sped the remaining two miles to his house he found his mother in a chair in her room watching television matt sat down on the edge of her bed um she had been actually living with him she had just recently gone through a divorce so he sat down on the edge of her bed frightened and confused and said mom I think it's starting again and so Reed believed that he was abducted by aliens again that's right I said again and this is because according to Matt this was actually the fourth time he had been abducted Matthew says that he and his older brother Thomas Had been abducted on three different occasions in the late 1960s in Sheffield, Mass, which is in the Berkshires. Sound familiar? Well, it should because this does—it goes back all the way back to episode one of this podcast. Um, and so in my research for this episode, I came to find some differences or discrepancies from my original research, which isn't uncommon when you're dealing with UFOs and um, and stuff like that. And, and we're dealing with, with people's memories after years and memories are fallible. And I've discussed this on previous episodes. So if you have a memory, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, swimming with your parents or the first time you learned how to ride a bike and then you, uh, so that's your memory. Um, then you go and then when you want to think about that memory again every time that you remember that memory you're actually, and I know this says kind of like word soup but or like <laughs> a word salad but um, every time you remember that memory you're remembering the last time you remembered it you're not remembering the original time that you experienced it so it's almost like that game of telephone that you played as a kid, where you know mm-hmm. you start with one story, and then as it makes its way around, it, it it's completely different. And not that your memories are completely different, but each time you're remembering a memory, you know it's gonna it might change a little because it's you're remembering the last time you remembered it. And I know that's a little where you guys can look it up. I know that's <laughs> not the greatest explanation, but so um prior to the 2009 incident matthew had spent the better part of the last 40 years trying to forget and move on from the incidents in his childhood he moved uh he moved over 400 miles away to indiana got a good job on a racing team got married had two sons and built a home he was just living the normal middle class existence Matthew found it difficult and did not really enjoy talking about the the past incidents, which is in sharp, sharp contrast to his brother, Tom. And he spells Tom, T-H-O-M. I hate when you guys do that. Mom. Tom, Tom. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Who uh, loves to discuss the incidents and has spoken at numerous UFO conventions. This difference in philosophy has led to numerous periods of estrangement between the brothers in the last 40 years. But this new encounter got them talking again, and Tom wanted to know everything in the hopes of finding clues and or answers to the long, strange family mystery. And at Tom's insistence, Matt reported the incident to MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, a national organization dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. We've discussed them on previous episodes. Um, so I'll, I'm will i gonna briefly discuss the three alleged encounters from Matt and Tom's youth in the Berkshires. I won't go into like the super detail because these did happen in mass somewhere in Indiana, but I feel it's important to at least mention them. Uh, the first encounter happened in 1966, the same year their mom, Nancy, and the two boys moved to the farm in the Berkshires. Supposedly one night after they had all gone to bed, both boys got a strange feeling. So they began to wander around the house. They then saw two figures appear at the top of the stairs. At the time, they thought they were ghosts. The next thing they recall is that they were in near a large exposed rock in an unfamiliar corner of the property. They saw a wishbone shaped tree and out ahead of them an enormous spaceship it looked according to the boys like a sleek gun metal colored tortoise shell tom would also remember being in a large room at the far end of the ship with a curved screen there were figures in the room uh, that he said were humanoid but smaller He sat at a bronze-colored table and watched in awe as a series of beautiful and captivating images flashed before him. Feelings of peace washed over him. The The next day, when he got home from school, he hopped on his horse as if he was under some sort of spell or in a trance and rode a trail. Toward the corner of the farm that he and his brother visited the previous night. A corner of the farm that their mother forbade them from going to, as it was too far from the house. And they were young boys. To his astonishment, it was exactly as he remembered. The rock, the clearing, the wishbone tree. It was all there all right so the second encounter came about a year later in 1967. boys claim the nighttime insects went quiet the air felt heavy and they saw a bright light in their bedroom window suddenly tom was upside down and had the sensation he was tumbling comparing it to being caught in an ocean wave uh sort of like undertow from an ocean wave He was then in a question mark shaped hallway and then in some cavernous interior space his brother matt was behind him but in an instant they were he was being uh tom was being led into a room um by two and then two figures led matt into a different room the next thing they remember is being in their backyard their mother had been looking for them she then scooped matt up into her arms and said it's okay they're gone as she uh they're gone now as she took the boys into the kitchens for some oj and baby aspirin so it does sound like the mom realizes something's going on here too uh the third instance occurred a couple years later in 1969 and this one is actually the one that I discussed more in length in episode number one although I used it I, I found some different sources and resources for uh, as I was researching this so there are some slight differences from episode one and uh, if you're curious you should go back and listen and you can kind of hear the differences and again it's different. Different resources, as well as as memories and these stories being told over time. It's not uncommon for stuff to change slightly here and there. So the family was driving their station wagon towards the horse farm. Their mother was driving, the grandmother was in the front passenger seat, and the boys were in the back. They had been at a horseback riding competition that Tom had participated in. And on the way home, they stopped at a, at a store to buy some candy. As twilight fell, as the, the wagon pulled away from the store, a cluster of bright lights appeared in the woods off to the left of the car. The car then veered off the road and rolled to a stop next to some train tracks. Tom would say all the insects went quiet, like be- just like before. Then he heard gravel pinging against the undercarriage of the car as if the tires had left the pavement. So it's kind of like, almost like they were being sucked into the air. He then said that he had this weird feeling like being in the middle of a hurricane. Then it went dead calm before a sudden rush of sounds from crickets and cicada, or cicadas or katydids or, whatever and now their mother was now in the passenger seat the grandmother was outside wandering the road and the and the boys had was swapped seats in the back so tom got his grandmother back in the car nancy got back in the driver's seat and they drove home in silence tom has fragmented memories of being in an alien ship and the grandmother once and only once confessed that she had seen something that looked like a flying strip mall. Not long after Nancy sold the farm and resettled the family in Connecticut where she remarried. And that's about it for uh, this strange encounter. But I just love how it tied back to episode one and i just loved all the detail to it so i had to choose for this matthew reed incident
1: so it's really funny because this episode actually ties back in more than one way uh and i and it just dawned on me like like a second ago um in this episode i i talked about a bar that operated as an illegal bar or or something mm-hmm. akin to that um during Prohibition, and in Massachusetts we talked about Bunghole Liquors, which operated as a illegal bar during Prohibition, which was also, if I'm not mistaken, one of
2: the longest operating um, in
1: Massachusetts, and,
2: huh. Yeah, that weird. is funny, I, I remember that now because I remember the name, the Bunghole, and learn, learning what a Bunghole was, and, uh, <laughs> and everything like that, so that is it. It's so strange that, uh, yeah, both kind of tie. That's wow, wow. Yeah,
1: no, I like your word soup talking about memories, and it, it it is a little complicated, and it's a little complex, and it's a lot to kind of take in. But so is trying to process how your brain works. There, it's it's insane. It's 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 hard to comprehend, despite the fact that it's sitting there in your head. Um, but really cool. I really like that the brothers have two different responses to how they deal with it, which is, which is common for any traumatic response. I'm going to call that a traumatic response because obviously what they went through traumatized them in some way. I'm not saying that all trauma is the same, it's not, but it's thumb. <laughs> might, feel, might feel like talking about it and finding people who sympathize or empathize or or whatnot that might just make it easier for him whereas Matthew yes right Um he I, I think just needs to kind of maybe just needed to not think about it needed to let it go away and, and not be you know in his head all the time so but that image of the the fo- the floating strip mall or 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 what would you say yeah yes, you i'm
2: flying strip mall
1: that's i don't know that paints probably one of my favorite pictures of a strange encounter that we've had i'm not saying it's the favorite, but it's definitely up there if it's not the favorite um but that image is it's it, i can picture it and it's it's super ominous
2: and i like it yeah yeah i had never heard somebody you know, refer to one as flying strip mall, and I've heard, you know, because everybody, you know, looks at it or sees it and, you know, kind of see something slightly different because, again, going back to like what you're saying about how complex the mind is and stuff and just it, it, me and you can be looking at the same thing, but but different things will stick out. So it looks different, you know, as we just, if we both go to describe it back, they could be wildly different because what Mm -hmm. stuck out to me might not stick out to you or vice versa and (laughs) um, and, uh, even goes to, kind of like how the, like you were talking about the boys and their varying responses to it, which which of course makes sense too, because we're humans and everybody responds to something different. And I don't know how I would react. If I had been abducted, you know, before the three times prior to the last one, I, I, I might kind of shut down and not want to talk about it. Cause it's not just one time, it's been three times. So now I'm being, you know, it's targeting. So, and that's something I kind of like because that's something that makes sense to me is that if you had been, if you've been abducted once, it makes sense to me that you might be abducted more than once. I know people, some people are like, oh, what are the chances that somebody would have got abducted twice or three times or four times? I've seen that in other cases, but it kind of makes sense to me because if they are doing some sort of study on you, wouldn't they want to use the same Person, the same sort of specimen, just like we would, and in, in any sort of scientific study that we did, it would make more sense to have the same person than just to have random people because everybody's different and their makeup and heart size, weight, whatever. And so um, it's a little I, to me. I mean, and I I've heard the arguments against it, and I get it, I get it, but to me, it makes sense that somebody might get abducted, you know, twice or four times or however many times yeah um yeah
1: well i mean abductions are are far less common than sightings obviously we have yeah. there's tons of sightings and the abductions are far less and you you've got to assume that the people that are being abducted are being abducted for a reason they have a quality or of, of some sort that that they're interested in and they want to know about or they want to understand a little better it might not even be a quality that we're aware of it just but yeah it's it definitely makes sense that it would be more than once which is clearly probably awful for some of them, but um, very interesting.
2: There is the theory, and American Hire's story sort of touched upon it, and um, not last season, but the season before, where they had um, Eisenhower and his what? I think it was Eisenhower, the presidents and the alien stuff, and um, that, I, I believe it was Eisen, President Eisenhower. Um, I'll double check it. If I'm wrong, I'll update on a, a, a episode that you know when they, we at Roswell when we first sort of became aware of the aliens and had contact. That he made a, a deal with them that they wouldn't come and take over our planet. Essentially, if they he allowed people. To get abducted throughout the years and they they supposedly agreed upon a number and um and supposedly like it was there were some like caveats by i think it was eisenhower like you know people from rural areas and sort of you know people that it would be easy to sort of discredit um, in, in the public, which is really shitty, you know, going for, you know, people that he thought were like bumpkins or not as intelligent or, you know, hillbillies and stuff. And, uh, it's just a theory that's that people, and I only became aware of it really because of American horror story. And then I was like, Oh, I wonder if this has anything to do with like a real theory. And I did, and it is something that people have posited over the years. So, that's
1: that's super interesting that's yeah
2: yeah, i i love that stuff yeah i find it very interesting too all right
1: all right well i feel like this has been a very growing episode for us we've touched back in massachusetts even though we're in indiana and we've learned that we're big fat hypocrites and now (laughs) like uh water cryptids. and uh yeah well do you do you feel like you have anything beyond that to talk about I have nothing else all right everybody well thanks for joining us and be sure to tune in next week when we've set up camp in Wisconsin until then happy camping
0: thanks guys as always our host would like to thank you for joining if you enjoyed the program please be sure to like follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from Find us on Instagram at scareyourpantsoffpod no spaces or on Twitter scareyourpantsoffpodcast or send us an email with questions comments and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time.